Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Just let us celebrate God in their life. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Hallelujah. I'm going to be talking to you today, and I tell you seriously, it's a privilege to come and talk to you every time we share the word of God. It's a privilege. I do not take it for granted. Uh, we do it with fear and trembling, knowing that, God, that we cannot do it wrongly. We have to do it so that God will be excited about it. And I'm going to be reading Numbers 32, 1 to 7. Numbers 32, 1 to 7. Numbers 32, 1 to 7. If you are there, just say amen. All right. I'm reading Good News Translation. It says, the tribes of Reuben and Gad had a lot of livestock. When they saw how suitable the land of Jazza and Gilead was for cattle, they went to Moses, Eliezer, and the other leaders of the community and said, this region which the Lord has helped the Israelites occupy, the towns of Atharoth, Dibon, Jaza, Nimra, Ishbon, Eliali, Sibma, Nebo, and Beon, is good land for livestock. And we have so much livestock. Please give us this land as our property. And do not make us cross the Jordan River and settle there. Moses replied, do you want to stay here while the other Israelites go to war? How dare you try to discourage the people of Israel from crossing the Jordan into the land which the Lord has given them? The title of this message is The Other Side of Jordan. The Other Side of Jordan. Now you'll be wondering what kind of scripture is this with so many Funny names. I want you to listen carefully because I will stop whenever the Holy Spirit wants me to stop, but I believe somebody will have something to take home today. We are talking here about possessing the land. Isn't that what you've been talking about? And you, I believe, have possessed land already. But there will be different land you can possess. There will be different land you can possess and that you will possess before getting to the promised land. I hope you got that. There will be different land that you can possess, and that you will likely possess, not necessarily the promised land. So why am I saying that to you? You must make sure you possess the promised land. You must make sure you possess the promised land. The story we have read was about 12 tribes of Israel. The Lord had told them they were going to the promised land. And that promised land, before they would be able to get there, they have to cross to the other, cross Jordan to the promised land. But by the time they got to the other side of Jordan, one and a half tribe of Israel, they saw that the land was good for their, for their animals. They saw that, wow, this is a nice place to be. And they went to Moses and said, we would like to stay here. We don't want to cross 
Jordan to go and possess that land. Where we are, it's already okay for us. I'm challenging you. Do you think where you are is okay for you? Let me ask you again. Where you are, is it okay for you? Sometimes where you are is just for a season. You recognize a place that is not necessarily what God has promised because after a while, it will start to fizzle out. The Bible says whatever the Lord does is forever. So if the Lord has not done it, it will be temporary. Are you getting what I'm saying? So they said we will stay on this other side of Jordan. We don't need to cross over Jordan to possess that land. Please follow carefully. Let me ask you again. Don't hold on to what is seasonal as something permanent. Ecclesiastes 3.14 is where I have read to you. Ecclesiastes 3.14 says, I know, I know, you must know that everything God does will last forever. If God has done it, it will last forever. The reason what you are holding on to is not, it's not something that I want to stay on is because God has not ordained it. If God has done it, it will last forever. And the word of God says you can't add anything to it or take anything away from it. And one thing God does is to make us stand in awe of him. God does it so his name can be glorified. Are you still there? Yes. Now having said to you that it's not every land that is a promised land. Now you are going to say, Brother Rocco, how do I know? I mean, a promised land or not. Because promised land is revelation. It's by revelation. Promised land is because God says so. God, promised land is ordered by God. It's not because that's what I want. It's not because, well, I like it. It's not because, well, others are doing it. It's because God says so. Ask your neighbor, what did God say to you? Say to another, what did God say to you? When it is a promised land, it is divinely ordered. Divinely ordered. And I pray for you that Holy Spirit will order your steps. Amen. Let me say it again. From this moment, the Holy Spirit will begin to order your steps. Amen. Say a big amen. Amen. I said the Holy Spirit will begin to order your step. Amen. I'm going to tell you a story so that you can pick what I'm saying and get true meaning of it. I was in Africa, and I was a business person. And physically speaking, I was doing okay. I was doing very well. But it was one dream. I had a very good relationship with my parents. And I lost my parents in my early 20s. So in one of those dreams, and that dream, I was doing very well, and I saw my mom, and she asked me, what are you still doing in this country? And that was in Nigeria, Africa. And then she asked me, 
how is your business? In that dream, and it was like a movie. I began to highlight everything that was going in my business as if we were sitting one-on-one. -on -one. And she said to me, you need to return back abroad. You don't belong in this country. And when I woke up, I knew that that was not a joke. Because God did that to speak to me by people I believe. Because as at that time, my relationship with God was not strong. When your relationship is not yet strong, it might speak to you through your father, speak to you through your mother, speak to you through people you don't even like. And sometimes what happens is we reject it without knowing that it's God communicating with us. And when I had that message, as Apostle Paul said, he says, after I received the heavenly vision, I did not consult with flesh and blood. When you have received the heavenly vision, it is not the time to confer with flesh and blood. I carried my bag. I left Africa with $500. Moved to UK. Spent about a year in UK and moved to America because I knew God wanted me back here. That was a promised land. I want you to follow me carefully because we haven't gotten to to where we are going. But I pray that the Lord will order your steps. Yes. I said the other, Lord will order your steps. Be very careful about the good-looking alternative. Be very careful about that. Be careful of, about that attractive alternative, that beautiful alternative, handsome alternative, well-dressed alternative. I think something is running through the heart of somebody. I don't know. <laughs> you said so. I didn't say it. <laughs> Can I share something with you? When I was going to get married, I wanted a skinny girl. <laughs> Do you know why I wanted a skinny girl? Just like you, some of you all think now. <laughs> I would desire somebody I'll be able to carry on our wedding day. <laughs> Just to carry. Does that make sense at all? <laughs> Does it? Do you know that you desire a lot of things that don't make sense? <laughs> when you take your desire through the light, you realize that they are funny. Funny desires. But I pray for you, you will be in God's counsel. Amen. The promised land is by revelation, divinely, divinely ordered. It's not something you, you put up yourself. Say, oh, this is what I have to do. This is what I must do. No, 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 no. It's God who does it. I want to read Exodus chapter 2, 23 to 25 to you. Because when you talk about promised land, the children of Israel didn't just wake up and began to move or started to relocate. It was because it was divinely arranged by God. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 2, 23 to 25, it says years later, the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites were still groaning under their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry went up to God who had their groaning, and remember his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He saw the slavery of the Israelites, 
and was concerned for them. When you are in a temporary place, you realize that when the time expires, hardship comes. Hardship will come in. Because it's meant to expire and you are holding on to it. You hold on to a relationship that is meant to expire. And that's when it's important when you call and when you don't call. That's when you are given all kinds of rules and regulations because the time has expired. That's when you don't even know how to do anything right because your time in that relationship has expired. I hope somebody is getting something out of this. So be careful about the good-looking alternative because they will come before the promised land. The other side of Jordan came before the promised land. So attractive that one and a half of the Israelites said, we'd rather stay here. We don't need to go to the promised land. Sometimes you read all these stories and because with the Bible, the Bible will tell you what happened, what went wrong, and the consequence. And you'll be wondering, why did they do this? But you are doing it. <laughs> if, the, if there is a Bible to record your story, when you read your story, you almost kill yourself. <laughs> are you still there? First Samuel chapter 16. First Samuel chapter 16, verses 6 and 7. The Bible says, when they arrived, Samuel saw Jesse's son, Eliab, and said to himself, this man standing here in the Lord's presence is surely the one he has chosen. Listen carefully. Verse 7, but the Lord said to him, pay no attention to how tall and handsome he is. I have rejected him. Because I do not judge as people judge. They look at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. There are a lot of things you are holding on to, they have heart problems. God does not see the way you see. So many of the things that make sense to you don't make sense to God. So many of the things you are ho- that you want to do are, by all means, they are not in God's plan for you. Because you are looking at the physical. God is looking at the roots, the finishing. It's the beginning and the ending. I had, a, I had a lot of skinny guests then. If I had picked one of them, it would have been disastrous. Can I say something to you? There are so many desires you have now. They will never come to anything. Because they are not godly. There are so many things you are wasting your time on. Wasting your resources about. And they are not going to go anywhere. Because they are ungodly. Because they are not, even some of them, they are not sins, but they are not just for you. They are not just for you. God didn't put them in his plans for you. So they are not going to work. The Bible says many are the desires in a man's heart. Many, many. Only the counsel of God will stand. 
when you are about to possess the promised land, there will always be the other side of Jordan. Always the other side of Jordan. I'll share with you another experience. When I came, finally came to the United States, I came straight to Arlington. Then I needed to go for a training in Atlanta. I wanted to get some training in Oracle programming, in IT, because as at that time, coming, I was into Oracle's, uh, I was into Oracle programming. I had been in Novell uh, Network Engineer. I'd also been a uh, uh, compact server engineer, compact also engineer. So I wanted to move into Oracle programming, went to Atlanta just to be trained. And when I got there, I started to worship with the church. The pastor told me and said, I like the way you pray. I want you to be my assistant. God has called me to be an evangelist. So I need somebody who will be a living pastor. Who will hold on when I'm not there. They have just rented a beautiful building. Well furnished building. And listen to this. It was going to give me a old house. To live in. Give me a car. To use. That was not all. I'm talking of as at night. I mean I'm talking about 2000 and. Uh, I think that should be 2008 or thereabout. He had a portfolio of $500,000 in his stock. And he said, because your wife had a degree in economics, I will let her manage my portfolio, the $500,000. Upon that, I finished my training in Oracle, I got a job. At that time, $48,000. Everything lined up. Job, house, car, ministry opportunity, all of them were ready. So I came down here to pack my things. And when I got here, something just asked me to talk to the pastor of the church. There was only one redeemed Christian church of God in the metropolis. And truly, we were not getting along. Be careful when you are not getting along with people because there might be people God will use for you. We don't really get along. He felt that I was too, uh, just like, I mean, there was so much fire in me that I couldn't listen. And sometimes you have so much fire, you are not listening. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, uh, Something in me just say, why don't you talk to him and let him know you are going? I didn't feel it was reasonable for me to talk to him because it was like he didn't need me anyway. He'll be happy that I'm out of here. But something in me just say, why don't you let him know that you are leaving? You don't have anything to lose. I could not even get to see him in his office. I was looking for him all around until I finally saw his car parked in one motel where he kept a guest minister. I quickly drove there and I said, sir, so he was coming, I said, sir, I want to relocate to Atlanta, I just want to let you know. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all other things will follow. And he walked away. That was it. He just walked away from me. So I went back. That was not an answer to me because that does not answer the question to why I'm going to pay my rent. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make sense. <laughs> he did, that didn't come with any promise. 
No promise attached to it. And one thing I need to tell you is that my stay here was tied to the job I got in Atlanta because they were going to file for me. So nobody was going to talk about that. But I had, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall follow. Even though the person who said it to me was not one of my best people. And something in me just said, let him know that you love God more than anything. So I went back the following day to Atlanta. By 2 a.m., because I had my car in Atlanta, so I went back to Atlanta 2 a.m. I left Atlanta because I didn't want my roommate to know that I was leaving all those opportunities. I started driving to Arlington. By around 4 a.m., I got inside a forest. My car broke down, and one heavy rain started. And it was like the devil saying, you are not meant to go to Arlington. See your problem. Where everything was okay for you. Why are you leaving the place to go to Arlington? But I keep hearing in my, in my head, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I had to stay in that forest till 6 a.m. before I could get help inside the rain. Somebody came and helped me to get my car running to Arlington. I finally got here. No house, no job, nothing at all. Nothing at all. It was enough to conclude that this was not God. Please don't be deceived that when a place looks good, that that is God. And I know that we are quickly deceived. That when there are oppositions, it's because God is not in it. No, it's because the devil is after you. So the devil was discouraging me in every form or shape not to be here. Against all odds, I decided I was going to stay. I took it as a challenge because the word I heard, seek you first, seek you first, seek you first. And I did exactly that. I want to say this to you. When God is in it, the devil is not going to make it easy. I'm talking about the promised land now. And all that the devil wants to convince you is that don't go there. Don't go there. And who tells you that who says to you that you don't like the easy way out? You do. We don't want to be insulted. We don't want anybody looking down on us. We, we want things our own way. We want things to answer to us all the time. But it doesn't happen like that when it is the promised land. Because the devil will fight you to make sure you don't get there. I'm going to read one scripture to you. Maybe you have seen the scripture before or not, I don't know. Genesis 11, 31 to 32. Genesis 11, 31 to 32. The Bible says, Terah took his son, Abram. Listen to this story, very pathetic story. Terah took his son, Abram, his grandson, Lot, who was the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, Abram's wife. And with them, he left the city of Ur in Babylonia to go to the land of Canaan. 
Listen carefully. Aaron was the father of Abraham. He, one day he said he was going to go to Canaan and left all. That was his plan. So when you are hearing that Abraham, God gave him Canaan, the vision has been with his father. The father didn't make it there. Listen carefully and see. They went as far as Aaron and settled there. Terah died there at the age of 205. He didn't get to Canaan. But Canaan was his promised land. But when he got to Haran, he just, something just came. He decided to settle there. And he died there. How can someone live for 205 years and never get to where God wants him to get to? So when you are hearing, God gave Canaan to Abraham. The father was the one who was meant to get there. And guess what? Immediately the father died. Abraham probably God spoke to him. Or maybe the father has spoken to him. He carried his back. What my father could not do, I want to do it now. And I'm challenging all of you. Stop complaining about your parents. Whatever they cannot do, you have been empowered to do it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Whatever they could not achieve, you have been empowered to achieve it. If they don't have any flaw, you won't have any way to measure your own success. When you're about to possess the promised land, there will always be the other side of Jordan. What is really wrong with the other side of Jordan? I'll give you like three. Number one, it's not God's intention, but God will permit it anyway. God will not force you to marry anybody. It's going to be your decision at the end of the day. But if you ask God to talk to you, he will talk to you. If you ask God to show you things, he will show you things. But ultimately, it's your decision. Don't ever think that God is going to remove this girl and say, leave her alone. You are not her husband. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. It does, God doesn't work like that. In fact, sometimes the way we are praying, we are making God our, it's like our maid. God is not your houseboy. He won't get involved in what you don't ask him to get involved in. Are you still there? God will have his own intention for you, but if you decide to do other things, he's not going to force you. Whatever is being forced on you is of the devil. <laughs> Let me say that again. Anytime someone is forcing you to do something, check it out whether this is of God. Even for Jesus to go on the cross, it was not by force. It, he wanted to do the he just wanted to do the will of the Father. I hope you are listening, please. What is wrong with the other side of Jordan? It is meant to be a passage to cross over to possess the land. But it was not the promised land. The other side of Jordan was meant to be a passage. Why are you staying in a place that is meant to be a passage? Why are you letting the temporary be a hindrance to the permanent? Hallelujah. I hope this mic is working well. Yes, sir. <laughs> what is wrong with the other side of Jordan? 
the decision was made too early because the people had not crossed over yet to see how the place would look like before they concluded that that place was good enough for them. Listen, what you see now that you think is the best is not as good as what God has in stock for you. It's not, it's not good enough. I once have a brother. When his girlfriend, who was meant to marry him, told him, I'm no longer interested, he got sick, very sick. People had to talk to him, help him get over it, until after about 20 years that he saw the girl again. And he couldn't recognize the girl until the girl said, don't you remember me? He said, please, can you get my memory back? He said, I am this person, this person. Of course, she would not say the one who asked you to go. You know? The guy said, when the lady left, she knelt and said, thank you, Lord, that you took this one away from me there. There are things God is forcing away from you now. When you see the end, you will thank the Lord for it. We take decision too quickly. We take decision too quickly. We think that we are too late. God is never too late. How I wish, they would say, okay, this place is nice, but let's cross over and see what is still on the other side. There's always something better on the other side. Someone once said to me, he said the house that is yet to be built is always better than the one that is built. Because when it's yet to be built, the new one is going to be more than, than the old one. You know, you can look at the old one and say, I can do better. And you improve on it. And you add to it. And at the end of the day, it's better than what has been built. Let me say this to you. The reason you make some mistakes is so that you can correct them the next time. Yeah. I want to tell somebody here. Failure is not a problem. It's an experience. Whatever you fail to achieve, it gives you opportunity to do it again. Are you making decisions too early? You know something about this promised land and this other side of Jordan was that it cut them off the other Israelites because they were separated from their brothers and sisters. And what that means really was the God's presence was going to be with the majority. So there was going to there was a concern. How will these people still be close to God? When you read that story more and more, one of the concerns of Moses is if you stay on this side and all the majority are on the other side, everything about the worship of God will be with them. How are you going to be crossing over to worship God with them? Because before you know it, you will settle for idolatry. You will build a God for yourself. That is not the God that brought you out of Egypt. And I tell you, there are decisions you will make. If you are not careful, they will take you back to Egypt. 
you will forget that you ever loved God when you take certain decisions. The major ministry of the devil is to make sure you don't have a relationship with God. Please don't forget that. And he will put something in your hand that looks so beautiful so that you don't have a relationship with God. If you like comfort, he will give it to you. You like to dress well, you will have good dresses. You like shoes, he will give it to you. Anything you want. Will, you know, you remember I asked Jesus, go and look at all these things. If you ask me, I will give it to you. Remember. So the devil will give things as long as he will take God away from you. Don't forget this. Don't forget this. Hebrews chapter 11, 8 to 10. That's going to be our last scripture. Hebrews chapter 11, 8 to 10. Hebrews 11, 8 to 10. The word of God says, it was faith that made Abraham obey when God called him to go out to a country which God had promised to give him. He left his own country without knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as a foreigner in the country that God had promised him. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who received the same promise from God. For Abraham was waiting for the city which God has designed and built. The city was permanent foundations. Getting to the promised land is by faith. Faith is when you begin to believe God for what you have not seen. If you are going to get to the promise, you are going to possess your promise, it must be by faith. Abraham did it by faith. You are not going to be able to get it if you don't have faith to do it. I just hear my own story for you to know that you may see nothing now, but there are a lot waiting ahead for you. There are a lot waiting ahead for you. What you see now may not look like possession. Abraham, where God said that he was going to give to him, the Bible says he was going around the place as a foreigner. In other words, no ownership. Even though God has said, it belongs to you. But if God has spoken, the Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. And it's not the son of man that he should repent. As he said it, will he not do it? He will make a way where there seems to be no way. Listen to something about God. If today God says, this inside here, it's a river. You better believe it. Because by his word, there must be river. So if God has said it, that this is where I'm taking you to, you better hold on to it. You better hold on to it. If it was God. And that's why you need to get it from him. God says, this is your career. Hold on to it. This is your ministry. Hold on to it. Sometimes you will see nothing. But you remember his promise. Sometimes everything will go against what you want. But because God has spoken, you will stand by it, knowing that the one who has spoken will always bring his word to pass. God is not like you and I. We are limited in resources. 
we'll say we want to do certain things, we'll never do it. We want to do it, but we don't have the capacity. But not with God. With God, all things are possible. But make sure that this promise you, that you want to possess, it must be from God. Don't take anyone from man. Man don't even know what they are doing. Today they love you. Tomorrow they have complained about you. I thank the Lord because God does not need advisor to bless you. He does not need a counselor to decide your matter. He does not consult with your friend whether they like you or not to take a decision about you. The decision has been made. It has been made before you were born. And that's something about God. It's God that no matter what you have done, he can reroute to you. Man will trash you because you have done what is wrong. Man will never give it to you again because they don't like you. But if it is God, even when you have done what is wrong, he will call you aside, show you mercy, redirect your path again. That's why you have to get this promised land by revelation. Get it by revelation. And God will never do what is wrong. He is not capable of doing evil. Whatever God will give to you is always the best. It's always the best. And I encourage you. There is a land to possess career. There is a land to possess in marriage. There is a land to possess even in ministry. But let them be divinely arranged. Regardless of opposition, stand by God. Stand by God. And you know, I've realized that this little, little possession, at the end of the day, they wrap together to form one big thing. You know, when you look at us as individuals, we are like a drop in an ocean for God. But your drop must not be missing because God is going to look for it. Where are you? You are supposed to be here. Your family is supposed to be here. This is where you belong. God is going to be looking for where is your own possession here. Can I say this to you? You look young today. But do you know God is waiting for your children? Do you know that this is not just about you? That you are here right now. God may have a plan for your grandchildren. But you are just here and thinking, oh, let me just go to God. No, he's bigger than that. Your heart that you are here today was not your own. God brought you here to hear this message. Nothing happened by accident if you are a child of God. Nothing happened by accident. Nothing happened by accident. You are blessed that you are embracing God early. Some people are looking for it. They are looking for God. They are not able to get it. But let me say to you, you are not going to get there by people pampering you. People telling you, it's okay, it's all right. No, they are deceiving you. You will never get there that way. From the day of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffered violence. It is the violent that take it by force. You have to press in. 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 It's, you are not going to get it on a platter of gold. You have to work for it. Whatever you work for, whatever you cannot work for, you cannot hold on to it. You cannot hold on to it. And listen, God is a God who will test your relationship with him. He wants to help you, but he doesn't want to help somebody who will not appreciate him. 
he will test. Your relationship with God will be tested. Are you for him or are you for stuff? Are you for what you want to get or are you for him? Real him. Are you truly seeking him or you are seeking what he has to offer? Whatever he has to offer is only to make you come closer. But that's not the real thing. You get him, you get everything. You get things, you may not get him. Let's rise. I want you to ask for one thing from the Lord, and I want to agree with you. Just ask for one thing from the Lord. You have fasted 21 days. You have prayed 21 days. Just ask for one thing from the Lord. Just ask for one thing from the Lord. What will you want God to give to you for this third anniversary? What will you want us God gift for this anniversary? Just talk to him right now. you are talking, he's hearing you. He's listening to you. Lord, I agree with your children today. As they are saying it in your ear, Lord, let it be done for them. Let this be a special gift for them. That you are part of what they are doing here and that you are in this place. That you are God who answers prayers in the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Listen to this. I, I think this is because of somebody. The first time I will ever come to the city of Arlington, I was about 24. So I came out to see some of my friends. And I said, if I were ever live in Arlington, I said, I like this place. Arlington was just, the end was about Iterry. So I said, if I were ever live, it was only not Arlington, no more than that. That if I were ever come live in the US, I want to live in the city of Arlington. But I don't want to be single, I'll be married. This, uh, and this is where I'd like to live. I just said it. Not serious. In fact, all my friends then were, you, you know, they were rascal radicals. So, <laughs> and I, I can tell you how rascal they were. They were the credit card people. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So, so just to let you know that if I could have friends like that and be here today, there is hope for you. <laughs> and I said it jokingly. Then I went into the shower. I wanted to shower. I fell down and I passed out because the devil knew. You want to come back here? Because he knew 
that there must be a purpose. So he wanted to finish me right there. I passed out and nobody was home. And I was bleeding heavily inside the commode, inside the path, before I almost touched me before I could stand up. But one day I returned here. Not all my friends there knew a credit card scammer. They are in the church. Even the, a lot of them are millionaires. They don't scam anymore. <laughs> That's all you don't know. I'm telling you the truth. And I, didn't, I never invited them to church. They saw my life and they followed me. And they followed me with nothing. But God has made them somebody. I want you to close your eyes. If you are here right now, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. If you just raise up your hand where you are, I will pray with you. If you are here today, you want to give your life to Jesus. God bless you. Any other person? God bless you. Any other person? God bless you. Any other person? Please do it so that I want to pray for you where you are. Or if you have any of the leaders, just, just join hands with them where they are. As they are raising up their hand, I will pray corporately, but just lay your hand on them. We have any other person, if your hands are... Yeah, we have more here. And we have one person here. And I want you to be praying for them. Another person here. We have two people in the middle here. Yeah. yeah. Please, if your hands are up, let them know so that they can join hands with you. I want you to be able to, to be praying over them. Be praying over them. If you still want to lift up your hand, do so right now so that somebody can just put their hand over you. That's not their hand, it's the hand of God upon your life. Heavenly Father, we agree together as your people have come to you with their hearts to know you more, to love you more, and to completely give their life to you. I pray for them today in the name of Jesus that you will accept them. Lord God, that this decision they have made shall be permanent. My Lord and my God, let them begin to enjoy what it takes to be your children. Show them how to walk with you. Forgive all their sins. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.